Welcome, welcome again to another rendition of Welcome to Fatherhood Interviews. My name is Sir Royce Brialis, and I'm with my prestigious co-host, Dr. Raheem Young. How's it going, my brother? Oh, man, everything is well. Uh, just reflecting on the awesome uh, Stairway series we had yesterday and uh, preparing for the next uh, parenting symposium we got coming up. So other than that, man, well, I mean, those things are good, and uh, <laughs> life is good right now. Facts. If you don't, you don't know, again, I'm going to repeat it. The first and third Thursday, every month, we have a symposium. We do it in person in Chicago at a house in Austin, and also we do it virtually via uh, via Zoom. So connect with us via Welcome to Fatherhood. If you search us anywhere online, you'll see all that information there. So uh, thanks for reminding the people, Dr. Young. Uh, so, also, uh, I'm pleased to announce we have a very, very special guest. Andre, how's it going, my brother? Ah, oh, uh, blessings, man. Can't complain none too much. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit more about yourself, man. Tell us about uh, what you do for a living or for a purpose, and also how many kids you got and what are their ages. Awesome. Uh, well, yeah, my name is Andre Deshaun Rogers. I'm senior. I am... Uh, uh, a father of four beautiful children. Uh, I gotta do it like this every time. Like, uh, I got a 22 year old, 20 year old, 18 year old, and nine year old. <laughs> um, and for a living, what I do is I work in fatherhood. You know what I mean? I try to be an advocate for hope and understanding. Uh, so me moving, uh, I work in fatherhood. I help facilitate classes. I case manage. Um, and more, more importantly, what I what I say I really do is I I, I'm, I make myself available for other fathers as they going through their journey and and um uh, and try to help in any way I can. Oh, that's awesome, man! Can you talk about how you got into into that line of work? For sure. And like what's and what's like one of the uh, the greatest like takeaways from being from working with fathers. Absolutely, man. Uh, my journey into this world was uh, kind of fun. Uh, uh, I'm one of those people like uh, I'm I'm not polished. Right. Like I, I came from a background where I was in and out of riffraff. You know what I'm saying? My, uh, most of my life, you know what I'm saying? I had kids early. I tell everybody uh, I've been a dad since 18. So I tell them I had to, uh, I got a diploma in the diaper bag. You know what I'm saying? Same year. Right. Like so uh, I, I went through a journey. I was living life, making my mistakes, learning my lessons. You know what I'm saying? Trying to raise a human being with another human being who's an amazing human being, but just wasn't amazing together with me. Uh, so as I'm going through these spaces and trying to figure it out, um, I, I ended up in, in and out of trouble with the law. I, I was in and out of jail. And through the grace of uh, goodness, man, um, I was able to uh, finally get the light a little bit when someone gave me some real good game. And I was just working at that point. I was just working at restaurants, just trying to pay child support and just not be a nuisance to anybody. And um, thankfully, years later, I was able to, my, uh, my wife ended up being uh, a part of a program called Public Allies, which uh, in Chicago, famously, uh, the great Michelle Obama has uh is a public ally alum you know uh i got to be a public ally in that and with that program i was able to kind of join uh a non-profit uh, well I, my my placement i had two non-profits you get to work there throughout the week and then you help do a community uh project uh one of those places i worked was the amazing beach acres parenting center 
And it was the first time in all of these years of my life of me being a parent, I even knew that fatherhood was a thing that was discussed, that was dealt with. And for me, the passion came from the idea of when I did need help, I did need assistance, assistance. I didn't know where to get it. And then when I did go to like public uh, service, human service uh, organizations, you know, and try to get help, I always felt like I was kind of like, uh, not, by no direct fault of the people who were working there, I just felt like I was an alien. I felt like I was a zoo animal a little bit. And I didn't feel that connection. I didn't feel that love much. So I uh, knew I wanted to do it. Once I found out fatherhood was a part of this, this thing, thankfully, Beach Acres paid for me to get my first fatherhood curriculum education, put me in work working with fathers who were trying to connect, and it became everything for me. Um, and I, I'll say the biggest thing that I learned out of all of this is that fathers, period, uh, almost all of us are connected in the sense that we feel some of the same things. We feel uh, like we can't be ourselves in a lot of these spaces and we become into a fatherhood space, especially if you come, from, come at it from a co-parent, where you have to be a co-parent in separate homes and non-custodial. Man, it, it, you can feel like shame and, and guilt and all of these things. So that's always been like probably my biggest thing. That's why I always try to uh, preach for uh, hope and understanding because we got to have hope and understanding kind of evens the playing field for us a little bit. So that's really like the biggest part for me. So uh, what kind of understanding have you gotten since you've uh, embarked on this journey? Man, you know what? My, one of my favorite things about it. Well, one, I always say I have a statement that I say. You right? You know what I'm saying? The, uh, difficult isn't impossible, right? That as well as it's easier to be upset than understanding, but it's better to be understanding than upset. Like these are the things that I got in this journey of doing this work that I kind of like I never knew, right? Was there, right? And it just hit me like a ton of bricks uh, when I finally did get it. And uh, one of my favorite things I say to every uh, father. Um, that has to be in this uh, non-custodial role is well, me and my exes, uh, our thing became so deep, but as the years progressed, uh, my kids reached adulthood, I, I'll say probably the biggest thing that we learned was that we're family no matter what. Like that part, I think was so lost on me, right? Like I to always say like, oh man, I got a terrible uh, baby mom or, or whatever, whatever. And, and it's never really true that it's a terrible baby mom. I mean, it's just, you know, we were just terrible ex, right? Like, but recognizing that we're family regardless of whatever, that whole idea, oh, 18 comes, it's over. That's not even a thing as much as recognizing we're family. That part really kind of, that's the biggest understanding that I got and, 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 and still moving today. Nah, that, that's big though, um, and I feel you on on that point, cause they that can be lost sometimes, especially like um, like you connected to this person, yes. through your child for the rest of for for eternity, <laughs> right? Eternity for eternity, you two are connected. You know what? Yeah. I, I'm sorry. No, nah, you good? I was say another thing. I I, I found uh, to be kind of kind of cool or maybe even be confusing at times whatever with this whole process 
is the recognition that uh, I'll, how I described is having to be a co-parent in a non-custodial role, how I explain it is like, it's this most special type of torture ever, right? <laughs> the reason why I say that is because right, think about it, if we think about it from the bare bones basics of when you have an ex, right? An ex, what you're saying is at the bare bones minimum, right? Uh, I don't want to know how your day is going, right? Like, I don't want to say good morning to you anymore. I don't want to tell you happy birthday. I don't <laughs> want to know if you're hungry or not, right? Like, I don't want that with you anymore. But then mm -hmm. you take that type of feeling of separation, that, that need, that want to be rid of someone's energy or life force or whatever you want to call it. And then you mix in, but I have to talk to you for the rest of my life about the most important thing in the world to me. Yep. That makes it its own special torture that becomes, you know what I mean? Like it just becomes this, it's, it's a crazy dynamic, but that to me has always been like probably one of the most interesting things about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like I noticed you said that um, you were 18 when you had your first child. Yeah. Um, I started out, I was 21 when I had my, Okay. And I always say, like, uh, my wife, my children, because I had my second one at 23. Okay. And, like, we all grew up together. <laughs> Even yeah. though, like, you know, I'm a parent, we still growing, though, you know, together. So what was that experience like for you being a young man at the age of 18, yeah. having a kid and having to raise a child and also raise yourself and grow as a man? Man, uh. That was special because in that, right, like I didn't have uh, a, fa a father that was in the home, right? You know what I'm saying? And again, uh, again, I I'm so big on understanding. So I don't want it to come across like my dad was this terrible person. He was just, he had his own vices, lives, and, you know, lessons, circumstances he had to go through. So for mm -hmm. me, there was that, right? That first part of, well, I got to learn how to even be a dad, right? Like very directly. And like you said, I love the way you said that we grew up together. Like, you know, yeah. uh, me and my kids, that's to me my biggest thing uh, is them understanding, hey, man, we were growing up together. Mistakes were made. Uh, conversations were uh, had to be had and, and, and probably still will be forever to kind of express what that all looks like. But it was it was his own challenge. You know, what I mean, because my mom was there. She was great, but I'm not my mom. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then they, even that part, let me ask you this. Have you, have you found yourself in that space and how have you reconciled recognizing this is how I was raised, but I'm not y'all. I may not agree with everything that y'all did or not even saying about disagreeing with it. I just may have a different route. Like that was a strange part for me. Have you felt like that? I can say that I have, mm. um, and I feel like it's something that I kind of struggle with now. Like, cause when I was growing up, my mother, um, she gave us a lot of freedom and a lot of, uh, she allowed us to make like a lot of our own uh, decisions, even as kids. Like even if it, <laughs> if it was some shit, like we shouldn't have did. <laughs> like she, you know, she, she stepped back and allowed us to bump our heads, you know, but, um, looking back and seeing like my kids grow up going into uh their teenage years i kind of want to like step in and be like nah 
but you know that it's like it's like a struggle because I understand the value in allowing your kid to to make mistakes. See, but yeah. at the same, go ahead. oh, go ahead. No, I was saying, and, and honestly, I feel that like that's for me in the terms, like you said, of growing up with my kids and what was that thing like? It's like that, right? Like. There's value in what you're saying. There's value in letting them experience their own things, but then there's also that that natural space of, uh, like I always tell my kids, like, hey, man, you can do a lot of things, but you're never going to be my age right now. <laughs> you get what I mean? Like, yeah. like, so there's that natural wisdom that only experience can give us, and, and we want them to have that, and it is difficult. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll tell y'all this, right? So my son, when he was 17, he's 20 now, right? When he was uh-huh. 17, uh, school was a bit difficult for him. And and one of the biggest things, like part of what I always try to reach dads and parents and families now is that very, very difficult space of recognizing uh, that what we're going through is about the kid, right? So yeah. with that, I say, like, my daughter, she became who she is in spite of me and her mom. And my dad, I mean, my son became who he is because of me and his mom. Like Mm. we spent so much time at odds, you know what I mean? That we didn't give uh, enough credence to who he was becoming and recognizing he's going to be an adult. So we had different varying styles of parenting. So like when my son, he got to 17, uh, school was difficult for him. And he was like, all right, man, listen, this is difficult. We like, all right, let's try job court, right? We're taking uh-huh. the job court, and I'm like, we're gonna take you out the city too. So you can't just, you know what I mean, just come home. You needed to, he needs, I, I felt those though. And as a family, as a team, so by this point, me and my uh, co parent and her husband and my wife, we all kind of became a team, thankfully. Yeah. So we all decided with him as a team, you know what, this would be the best move. But he goes there, and you know, he's still having the same complications of not really wanting to do the work. And he, he wanted to just tap out. So then the pandemic hit. And mm. now he's going to turn 18 before the school year and all this happens. Well, he say he wants to drop out. Now, I, 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 Dr. As I say, Dr. Young and Sir uh, Royce, I'm confident that even hearing that your child wants to drop out of high school and his senior year for, for essentially does not feel good. Right. Like that part was crazy. And we had this talk and we got to this space. Where we recognized, okay, man, we have to allow him to make his own choices, mistakes, whatever they look like. And started with, hey, man, what's your plan? What you, what, what, if you ain't going to school, what you doing? Because you're paying rent. You get what I'm saying? Like, if you ain't doing something, just you're paying rent. Know that. <laughs> you know? Uh, so uh, he did that. He'd been working since 17, got on his thing. And now he's 20. And he himself came like, all right, I need to get this GD because now he's wanting things. He's seeing life different. And I'm so thankful for that because that's the biggest, like, like I said, we still learn as parents. We, I don't think the, the, the learning stops if we, if we allow ourselves to think like that. I don't think the learning stops. So it's like now he's at this space where he's recognizing these things he wants and him going for it. And as difficult as the decision was, as difficult as it was to swallow and, and, and digest, having him uh find his way actually is probably the more most reward like i can't be more proud of my son if i wanted to be like mm-hmm. he 
works. He does his thing, got his car. And, and now he's recognized, like, okay, I want my own spot. I want to do this. I want to get into real estate. And he knows that this key foundation is a big thing. But his anxiety he's had about school, he's fighting it himself as opposed to us constantly pushing. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. it, was, it was real interesting because that's what I've been at with it. Wow, that's cool. Can we watch your So my question to you, Andre, is, uh, you know, you, you experienced pretty much every stage of fatherhood. Uh, which phase was your favorite phase? Was it the newborn phase? The early childhood phase, the middle age, middle school, like which 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 your phase was your favorite? Oh uh, man, so dope. I got two of them now. Uh, before I would have always told you, man, the early childhood. Daddy, I can't hear you. You know what I'm saying? Like I thoroughly enjoy the early childhood of it. I enjoy that my baby. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, I hug my babies, I kiss on my babies, and they my babies. And now. Uh, me having some adult children that I can have conversations with and learn from and, and things like that. I love that too. So I feel like those two are the ones for me right now. You know what I mean? Without, without a question, I could definitely tell you that uh, teenagers actually look my worst. Can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> so like go, go into that a little bit. So like having older kids, how yeah. do you talk to them about, um, I guess like dating and, like going out and stuff like that man it's 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 one an authentic conversation right you know um i remember the first time having had that conversation with my kids like and being honest like hey man uh sex is great you know because i wanted to go with <laughs> right i had to be honest right like i wanted yeah. to go into the hey man i'm gonna have sex because you know and, and mind you i knew that didn't work for me too well obviously i had a kid at 18 you know what i'm saying and it wasn't my first time having sex. You know what I mean? Uh, so there's that. Then, you know what I'm saying? We, us as parents, y'all included, we are in this very special space where now we in a different fight than our parents were ever in and our grandparents and great-grandparents were ever in where it's like, well, who's going to raise our kid first, the internet or us? Uh -huh. You dig what I mean? So then it became like, well, I got to be honest. So that's what those conversations start hitting about. Where it's like, okay, well, let's have this real talk. And stuff like that. So having that conversation, being able to say, hey man, sex is great, but here are these other things. And being and it's hard to do it when you've been a teen father or a very young parent, because it's hard to have that conversation with them without making them feel as though they are a mistake, because they're not, you know. But being able to try to finesse that conversation in a way where we can have this real space of say, okay, I don't regret having you. I really would love to have been able to be more prepared for what I could offer you. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Not just money, uh -huh. experience, wisdom. Wisdom can't be played with, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Knowledge and understanding breeds wisdom. That's the salvation, you know? Uh, but that's what, you know what I'm saying? I, I try to teach in my family, stuff like that. Like, man, that wisdom, is that's what's going to save you. Because I know what these things are. Again, that was the game that was given to me to help me change my life. So that's uh -huh. been... That's been a, 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 a thing. And I love hearing their perspective, you know? So um, having that older kid and that older conversation, it becomes great because again, like I said, we never stop learning. So now I'm learning about their world as well as um, even learning what their perspective is on some of the things that we came up in, what we learned, you know, uh -huh. that's real, 
that's real it's real enlightening it's kind of empowering a little bit so is it different um your conversation with your son compared to your daughter or is it is it all the same sex is great i was just about to ask that Good question. <laughs> uh, honestly for me it's all the same you know um from having that conversation like but my mind you to be fair like my oldest daughter she has the most amazing perspective on every, all the things. Like she's been driven since she was like 11 years old. She's known what she want to do. She's been going for it. Uh, and she's in the, in the route to completing that goal right now. Right. Like, so for her, her thing is my child told me that she thinks uh, about having sex. Her thing is I can have a child. And if I have a child, child equals death. That's what it means to her. Like the death of her dream, death of her goals, death of her ambitions. That's her her perspective. And it's like, ah, you know, okay, cool. I ride with that. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. The other two middle ones, it, it's a bit different. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they still haven't been like out there, you know. But uh, it's still been good to have that honest conversation with them. Like, yeah, man, sex is great. It just comes with all of this responsibility and I, and I make sure i drive home all the responsibility that goes on it do y'all anticipate having y'all got y'all got girls i got one yeah, I five so I, I got a ways to go yes but it's, it's gonna happen real quick though i'm already anticipating it man do y'all anticipate being able like well how do y'all see that conversation going well, I, I already I had it. Daughter. I had it with my daughter. She's five, so she asked the question: of, uh, "Where do babies come from?" Like she's real smart. Right. So right. I told her, uh, "Boys or men have the seed, have the seed. Mommies have the soil. You know what I'm saying? Straight up. You plant the seed, and mommies help it grow. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But she's like, "How? What do you mean how?" I'm like, "Well." You, you got brothers. You see what they got. Mm -hmm. Their thing goes inside the girl's thing. And that's the seed being planted. Point blank. Like real, I had a real conversation with her. And she understood it. There you go. Like, okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and my boys were around too. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was basically like a, a, a three, three on one, three on one conversation. <laughs> you know? So uh, I think uh, the parents should be more open with having those type of conversations, like with the kids. You know, when they when they start asking those questions, yes, when they start asking the questions, you should have the answers. Absolutely. What about you, Doctor Young? You say you having teens, right? So where are you with the conversation? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Like I have talked to my kids about sex and stuff like, well, the, the 17 and 15 year old I, I have. Um, but I don't, I don't initiate the conversation. Like they will have to ask me about something. And, uh, and it's a lot more comfortable talking to my son about it than my daughter. Mm. And I think that's fair, right? I don't think it's wrong for us to recognize, okay, far from a male's perspective, I can speak very directly from that perspective. Because mm -hmm. I am, 
right? Like I can have that conversation, just comfortability in that, you know? I think that's fair. I don't think that's a bad thing to know that, hey, I can have the conversation easier with him, but the conversation still, because that's the other part. Like, do we think that it's so, like, what man do I want to talk to my daughter about sex before me? That be that part, right? Before I answer that question, I want to ask Dr. Young, why? Why are you uncomfortable? Well, now I ain't gonna say uncomfortable. Why are you more comfortable having that conversation with your son opposed to your, your daughters? Well, I think it's because he a, he a boy. Well, he a male child. I'm a I'm a I'm a man. So I I guess I had that frame um, <laughs> that that reference point. But with my daughter, I don't necessarily. If I talk to her, you know how like uh, the cliche thing be like they only want sex. They gonna you know, those, they, they, that's out the hit, you know, all that type of stuff. And I don't want it to necessarily be from that, um, from that standpoint. But, so yeah, I guess, uh, and if I was to talk to her, I would keep it 100. Most dudes, if, you know, especially young dudes, that is what they own. But I don't necessarily want to tell her that. Because I don't know. If that's what they are, <laughs> but talking to my son, I could I could tell him like I guess the, the the range is a little it's a little wider talking to my son because I could I could tell him how to to go about treating women and how to uh, you know stuff like that, man. I don't know if I'm making sense or if I'm rambling, but <laughs> you make it sense. No, you make sense, bro. It's just, uh, yeah, the, your girl's gonna go experience that, man. All the guys, they, 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 they gonna, gonna want that. And I think we wanted that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And again, to be fair, I think it still goes to that space of, for me, that was the question I asked myself was like, well, what man do I want talking to my baby girl yeah. about sex before me? Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Because mind you, again, uh, again, part of my whole everything is I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm brutally honest about myself, right? Like, you know what I mean? Because uh, I feel like that's my, that's kind of like my secret sauce to the work that I do is that I'm authentic and I and I connect from that space. So with that, my honesty, I got to let it be known, man, I spend quite a few beings around my way. You know what I'm saying? So uh, there were some daughters that, you know, I was one of the first guys to kind of really have a conversation with, with, with that young lady about sex. And, you know, uh, I do not anticipate wanting that type of experience for my baby girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I wasn't, you know, uh, and God bless every sister out there that, uh, I may have had parts in <laughs> she, I'm confident in the best now, but at the time, man, listen, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, trying to crease me a, a, a panty line or two was my thing. You know what I'm saying? So that I, my, I'm maybe, maybe that's my thing. I'm always coming from a space of thinking about who I would. And I don't, you know, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> like I don't want my baby to cat run across me like that. Not then. Yeah. Man, but they say, okay, so what? they say, hold on, man. They say that daughters normally date people like their fathers. Yes. So, is it a very likelihood that she might 
or she will come across some someone similar to you. Say who they who their dad has been for uh, the majority of their life. Have at it. I think this is we gotta to run up on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but for my first, my my first girls, my you know uh, the dad that made them. Maybe that's not who we want coming through my front door. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's like, like I said, I, I talked to both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, we had conversations about sex and different stuff like that. But I just don't want to, uh, I could tell them, like, cautionary tales. But I don't want to influence them with something that, uh, that may not necessarily be true. Mm. So, I don't know. That's why I guess that's why uh, I allow them to come to me with certain things and I'm more comfortable talking to my son. I don't know. I think that's fair. That makes sense. So, uh, Andre, are you more comfortable talking to your son or to your your, your daughters? Uh... In regards to, uh, you know, uh, not just sex, but like just relationship type stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, I think I've gotten to the space now where I'm kind of comfortable talking to. We, I'll say this: my kids all have each have different parts of my personality that shine brightest, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like you could take all four of my kids, put them together, and you get me type of thing. You know? Uh, so I think that's probably what changes it. Because for some, like, like uh, when my 18 year old, me and her, like, I, and again. We don't have the greatest relationship currently, you know, because that's that's life, and you know we'll roll with that, you know. Uh, but yeah. at the times when we've been at our closest, our conversations have always like that's the one who I was able to be kind of the most authentically me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now today in today's space with my twenty year old son, man, that's my that's my ace cool boom, and then my my guidance counselor of some sort is my twenty two year old daughter. Like she, she's always my, she has a, she's very keen. She, she pays attention to everything. So like, I can always bring things to her, like as my plan, as what I'm trying to do. Cause I have a huge plan that I want to help to try to change the child support system. Right. And I ran it past her. And then I told her what my plans and next steps were and all of this stuff. And I do that with her. I, I, I go. So like for each one, I'm found comfort, you know, uh, but in terms of like their relationships and, and stuff like that, I'm comfortable with all of them. I've been as, asking them like, hey man, you, you want to have sex yet? Like to say it was like 11. So you know what I'm saying? Like soon they out there, I'm like, all right, well, let's go. Let's have a conversation. Because again, for me, the thing kept being, I started noticing, I'm like, man, I can't be, the internet is undefeated. And it was like, I can't, I can't be behind the internet on what my kids are going to learn. For me, right, that was that was the biggest thing. So I start fighting that fight early, you know. So I start trying to have every conversation with him. Like, I remember, uh, you know, what I'm saying, I I've, I personally had to have the conversation with one of my uh, kids uh, about them feeling um, as though they uh, were bisexual. Mm-hmm. Now, mind mm-hmm. you, bisexual without sex. So I was like, 
because you like people. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, had to break that down for me, had that real conversation in that space. And this is before she felt comfortable even talking to her mom about it. But I just always wanted to make sure that they knew, like, yes, I'm dad. There's that distinct line. I don't do the, oh, I'm your best friend. We're not doing that. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, if it, our relationship is close, but I don't, I don't like to try to tell them that. But let them know that I'm still a safe space. I'm not going to like everything you say. and You ain't going to like everything I say, but I ain't going to never stop listening. You know what I mean? Because that's one of the biggest things for me was like, I don't want to stop listening. So like in the most of day conversations and stuff like that, that's, you know what I mean? And, and again, uh, and perhaps, now here's the honesty, perhaps it was easier talking to my daughter about her feeling though she was bisexual than if it would have been my son. I got to honestly say that. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I'm saying? If it would have been my son, it may not have been the easiest conversation to have, but I still would have had it. You know what I mean? So, because again, I live by that code. Difficult ain't impossible. You know what I mean? Uh, so we can sure. figure this out. You know what I mean? I don't mind difficulty. You know what I mean? Nah, that's good stuff, man. Yeah. So what what was your like your thought process when you were having the conversation? Uh, for me, it was it was like okay, okay. You know, and if, again, my wholehearted honesty. I like <laughs> that's uh that's you know I ain't got to worry about you having penis, you know what I'm saying, prematurely, you know what I'm saying, like, you know what I mean, because uh, she was having a conversation, and it was like, okay, cool, but I think I like this girl, and I'm like, all right, cool, you know what I mean, so that was that for me, you know what I'm saying, I, I think I maybe have leaned, tried to push her towards just being gay, like, just, just, just be gay, roll for it, you know what I'm saying, but again, this is jokes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but um, <laughs> for me, it was eye-opening, I can honestly say, because conversations, because again, this is my child who I said is my 18-year-old. So this is the one who, again, I was able to be my most authentic self with. And she felt the same with me. So for me, it was always really interesting just to hear her perspective. So at the time, it was just like, okay, cool. All right. You know what I mean? Which I was um, I was happy about, I guess. But to be fair, you know what I'm saying? My sister is, is, is gay. So it wasn't so foreign to me also. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that was the other thing that kind of helped her because my biggest thing to my kids, again, which I told her in that conversation, babe, I just want you happy. You know, uh, relationships, you know, and again, I kept trying to focus on the relationship conversation part of it. Like, man, well, relationships require a lot, no matter who you're with, right? You know what I'm saying? Relationship. So that's the kind of where we leaned our conversation towards. We, we moved towards the relationship because that's what's most important. And let her know that whoever's opinion about what your relationship is, is is that's less of a concern and that was my thing i want my baby to feel safe i want my babies yeah. to feel comforted covered with love when they go out into this world that may not care about them and they beautiful black skin and and, and, the, and the complexities of that they know well that's your thing that's not me and they, they don't they don't have to internalize someone else's opinion about whatever they got an opinion about that's probably one of the biggest things for me because i know Growing up in Cincinnati, Ohio, for sure, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I had to learn that uh, everyone is not going to get who I am and for whatever the reason. Instead of me, it, it was more, it's worth more to me to recognize that it's this a thing that's them and not me. So that was the biggest part of that conversation. I'm, I honor it. I was so thankful she was willing to talk to me about it. That's cool. So uh, I Andre, the next question I have is, is a twofold question. Is uh, what 
what's the what's been the biggest lesson you've learned since becoming a dad? And what's the next biggest lessons you've learned since working with dads? Mm, okay. First biggest lesson is easy for me. I, I tell it to everybody. Uh I biggest thing I learned about being a dad was I'm raising human beings, not this kid. You know what I'm saying? Not this baby, uh -huh. not this. I'm raising someone who's going to be and I, to be a, a, a full adult one day. You know what I mean? A grandparent one day. You know what I mean? God willing. And, you know, uh, a, 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 a spouse one day, uh, an employee somewhere one day. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm raising someone who's going to be on the other side of an argument. I'm raising someone who's going to be wrong. I'm raising someone who's going to be right and still be treated wrong and vice. And they may do that to somebody else. That for me was the biggest lesson because then it started being a space where, okay, well, that, that is coupled with the fact that my kids ain't me. Right. You know what I mean? And that was a thing. Cause like for my son, my son was born on my 21st birthday. I only had, so I got three girls. That's my wonderful son. Wait a minute. Here we go. This is my wonderful son right here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and this wonderful young man came on my 21st birthday. You know, you couldn't tell me nothing. Our, our birthday is 7-Eleven. You know what I'm saying? I, I was born at 456. He was born at 123. Like, it, it was like, you can't tell me. To this day, y'all can't tell me that this young man ain't meant for something. And it, him, him and his dad, right? I just saw that part. I struggled with because I kept trying to press him about things that were important to me and recognizing, but he's his own human. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how that crystallized for me. And you know what I'm saying? I, I'm so thankful for that lesson, you know, because it changed my dynamic with all of my kids. Me finally getting it. And, it, and, I, and I'm always honest, it came very directly from my relationship with my son. It, it helped my relationship. It helped me be a better dad to all of my kids because I, because it's different with the girls, right? Well, these are little girls, so I'm not expecting them to be. So it started, I, I was real soft touch for a while with them and all of that. But my son, oh man, I was on this bump. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh no, you got to be like, nah, nah, nah. and you know what I mean? And, and that also helped me examine my thing. Uh, I mean, me, my life and who I am and what made me these things that I was. The biggest lesson I learned from working with other fathers is that there's not one single father that ever begins his journey being a father, not wanting to be the absolute best father he can be. Like yeah. every day, I mean, I'm telling y'all, every day, even the ones who tell you, man, I ain't want this kid or whatever, stuff like that, or they may have said it out loud or whatever. If you dive in, if you if you have that pause with them and have that conversation with them, you will ask them, well, why you ain't why you say you ain't want the kid? Man, I ain't ready for no kid. Up so that their details, you want to be the best father you can be. Every dad starts off wanting to be the best father they can be, and that, man, that 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 warms me, and it, and it made it where it was so definite. I have to do something for the rest of my life about fathers. You know what I mean? Because it's so important. And I was one of those dads who felt shame, who felt guilt, who felt this pain. I was one of those dads who felt the shame of not being able to do the best. So then my, my twisted mind told me that they, if it can't be the best, then let's, let's, let's just fall back. You get what I'm saying? Like, so I, so I can relate to those spaces. And that's like probably the biggest thing that it, it felt kind of good to really start recognizing like, man, I, 
at this point, I've worked with over parents, period. I've worked with over uh, 160 parents, period. You know what I'm saying? In eight years. You know what I'm saying? With that, you know what I'm saying? Every parent, I think, is still hold that same truth. But with the dads, I think it was always easier to kind of feel like, well, he just want to live his own life. He don't care. You know what I mean? And being able to kind of vibe with the fathers and work with them very directly and intently about them. Finding that out felt great because that's a message that I could disseminate to any and everybody who would listen. You know what I mean? Let it be known, like no matter what stage he's at in fatherhood and his own self-progression. You know what I'm saying? I think that's a, that's a part that matters. So I know earlier you were saying that um, you had to learn how to be a dad on your own. Do you have a relationship with your uh, with your father now? I do now. Okay. And he's one of the he's one of the dopest human beings I've ever met in my life, man. He's such a good man, man. He got such an amazing heart, and uh, taking the time to be have some understanding and recognize the, the conditions that he was raised in that made him who he is really helped. You know, so that that I think that was the biggest space for me was recognizing. Okay, well, listen, his dad, uh, his dad was worse than than than, than he ever did. You know, and uh. You know, and pain hits everybody different, man. And my dad was one of those people that, you know, when pain hit him, he ran to the streets and he was a street dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, I could put, he could put his hands on on, on a pack and, and and move it around and, and make something make some sense. You know what I'm saying? He can put his hand on, on, on some liquor and, 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 and make that make some sense to him. He could put his hands on some, on some smoke. And you know what I'm saying? Like, uh -huh. I recognize that to be his truth. You know what I mean? But I promise you, uh, when I tell you my dad would do anything right now for his grandkids or anything, just to, you know what I'm saying, make sure that anybody around him is feeling okay, that's him. So feeling okay probably just meant more to him at the time. You know what I'm saying? That don't make him a bad guy. So I'm thankful for that. I'm very thankful for him. That's cool. So Andre, the next question I have is actually a question I already asked you. Uh, you gave me a real good answer. Uh, the question was, uh, what does fatherhood mean to you? And uh, you said everything, all caps. Everything. Three exclamation points for the people. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, fatherhood has been uh, both my biggest challenge and the greatest reward I've ever had in my life since I was 18. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, we kind of already been talking about this a little bit, but uh, can you elaborate on that uh, a little bit more? For sure. Um, fatherhood sent me uh, through an identity crisis. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, prior to ever being anybody's father, I was Andre Deshaun Rogers. A little dude about it, uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, the uh, the corners or whatnot of Cincinnati, Bond Hill, Avondale, and just trying to figure some things out. You know what I'm saying? And uh, uh, I, was, I was big on music, big on hip hop. Like, you know, I still am, you know, uh, uh, less I'm trying to be like a musician or something. I mean, let, I mean, I'm less I'm trying to be like a music star, but definitely the culture of hip hop still is, I, I, I carry that in the work that I do too. Cause I feel like it's important. Uh, but it sent me through this identity crisis of recognizing, okay, but now I have to be their dad. You know what I'm saying? And mind you, as you become a family, that's in the natural identity crisis that I think happens to both parents, right? 
because you're your own human being and you're someone's child and you're someone's brother or sister or cousin or, or niece, nephew, grandchild. You're that, that, you're that person. Now you're a parent and then you become into a relationship you become a family. So now I, 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 have, to, I have to not only care about my thoughts and feelings, I got to care about this person's thoughts and feelings, how it's going to shape them. And then I have to care about this person who I made the child with and how their thoughts shape me and them. You know what I'm saying? And the kid. So it sent me through that, man. Like I said, more challenges than anything. You know what I mean? Child support, all of it. Like it just, it sent all of these emotions. Like I had to deal with my emotions, you know, which is its own challenge and learn what they are and take the time to figure that out and how to, how to get those feelings up without being a problem or a nuisance to somebody. You know what I mean? Fatherhood did that for me, but then it became the thing that saved my life. You know, um, I was, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I got lost and, you know, dark times came and, and dark thoughts came and me being a father and knowing that these kids need me became the thing that got me through. You know what I mean? It still drives me. You know what I'm saying? It became the passion that I live on. I now have a career that I didn't even think I was even worthy of or be or had it. One, I didn't even know it existed, let alone being in space and in rooms that I never would have ever been in had I not been a dad and that passion that drove me. I've I've been a part of a a, a group of people trying to come up with a, a national curriculum at Harvard. I've been in that room talking to people from Australia to uh, you know what I'm saying? People in Washington and stuff like that. I've been on Washington, D.C. I've been talking to senators and stuff like that about fatherhood. Like, I, I've been to Minnesota into a room full of people who were talking about being a dad. None of this comes without me being a parent. So, like, for me, like I said, that's why I say it's been my biggest challenge, my biggest reward in my entire life. Everything I know. And I, and I'm, and I, I couldn't be more thankful for it. And at times, uh, I wish you to leave me alone too. What do you see your family um, in 20 years? Man, oh, what do I see my family in 20 years? Oh, I see, I see joy. I see, oh uh, man, I see um, togetherness. I'm real big on my family, recognize that uh, that together we could do anything. Like I said, we have a family motto, one team, one movement. Meaning if I'm not okay, then we ain't okay. If my if my son ain't okay, then none of us are okay. If my daughters, if one of my daughters ain't okay, then none of us are okay. If my wife ain't okay, we're not okay. If their mothers who are my exes, my co-parents ain't okay, then we ain't okay. You know what uh -huh. I mean? Um, so in, in 20 years, I, I see that being even bigger the thing. I see... Um, my, 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 my I, I see, I about to say my dream, my dream is, would be to have my family, um, have been able to say that we were help, we were able to help change the child support system for the entire country forever. Mm. That's something I want to do. You know what I'm saying? I see my family being a huge proponent of that, a huge reason. That's, 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 that's really, uh, 10 year goal now where I'm nine years out from that goal. My, my hope is by nine years, we, we change that. So speak to that a little bit. So changed how? Okay. So my mentor might be mad at me. It's my first time I'm gonna say this. <laughs> Rock with y'all so strong, man. Rock, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 I, and I think it matters, man, for the people that we, 
that we had, uh, that you guys have be able to watch this. I think it matters to hear this. So I have a huge goal. I would love to see the child support system change in a way of this. Let's say a man's paying child support, or a person is paying, uh, paying child support. And let's say you start getting on child support. Cause now, you know, they probably be trying to change the law where you can get, to, uh, they can start drawing child support from, ince from inception, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So imagine, now right now that immediately, cause the problem for me with child support is that you immediately make family a business and you make it where it's guaranteed someone's already on the losing side of it. Because, you know, you're making me not only have to deal with child support and, and having to pay money that's predetermined, but uh, but you're also making it in a space where it, it, it does not, it's not connected to rights, right? There's no parenting time that's enforced because parenting time is legally supposed to be happening with it, but it's not enforced, right? Because every, you know, as every law gets created, you can choose what you enforce. So you create this space. For me, I would love to have it where we pay child support. Okay, so this, this let's say a father, because we're speaking to fathers directly. Let's say a father has to pay child support. Okay, cool. But since I'm paying child support, 10% of my child support payment is put into two accounts for, uh, for 18 years, right? In those two accounts, one account, the child will get an 18, another one gets 25. Because at 25, there'll be more stuff actualized, and at 18, they'll be able to get that. So one, I'm giving you something proving. So again, to eliminate the argument and, and, the, and the conflict and the contention that comes around this whole child support system, I know that my child is getting supported by this at one point, and, and it's going to help them begin their adulthood. But they don't have to start their adulthood in debt, right? So what that also every month or every other month or however they want to do it, you know what I'm saying? That father then also has to go to a class where they're learning how to invest, move money, getting financial education that's aspirational, not just on the basic of financial literacy of learning how to balance a bank account, but I'm learning what to do with real money and how to make build and attain wealth, right? So when that child turns seven, that child now has to go to these classes with dad so dad and that child are now in these classes until that child is 18 so now that's that father because 18 years worth of financial education financial uh literacy in uh, in terms of wealth attainment and in the same breath uh and it's not just theoretical now because now like i said when that child turns seven that child begins to get a part of it and once that child has been in it for a year so now from that child child turns eight to 18 that's 10 years that child and that dad is going to help move that money and learn how to invest and stuff like that. And it's not theoretical, it's actual money. That's their money is right there, right? We move forward and, and do like that. So when that child turns 18, that child now gets to have this money, gets a portion of the money that will be directly to that child to start the adult. Another one at 25. So now that child has reached more self-actualization because they say at 25, most humans reach full self-actualization of some sort. So now that child has two windfalls to be able to learn and build something. We're talking about changing the entire system. And again, now we got some parenting time because I don't want to fight the system on, hey, well, you got to make sure that the mom kick it. I don't want to do none of that. that that's, that's pointless. You know what I'm saying? And us trying to abolish child, uh, child support is also fruitless. How many people work in every state of every county around here in the child support system? I'm not trying to eliminate jobs. I'm just trying to help build it up. The government wins in the sense that you get this accounts, you get all of these accounts with money to, and, and interest and stuff like that, that y'all get to play with just like a bank. You know what I mean? But 
this family becomes something narrow too because I dare anybody to tell me that if that parent, if one parent is learning with their child all this time, this amazing uh, wealth attainment uh, knowledge, that the other parent is going to, it's not going to help the conversation with both parents. And again, now I don't have to argue with you about whatever you got going on with the money and all that stuff. And I don't want to deal with that. But I want to know that my child support will support my child in adulthood. Because who's to say that if I had the information and the knowledge and stuff like that prior to that I wouldn't take the 10% of that type of money anyway and put into an account for my child when they turn 18. They do custodial accounts all the time. And there's also uh, an amazing nonprofit. I got to shout them out. An amazing nonprofit called Youth Investors Corps. Please look them up. This amazing, brilliant brother named Dylan has created a, a nonprofit where he is teaching kids about investments and stuff like that. Now it's happening. So now we've proven the model that the fact that you can't teach youngsters about it. Now you just add the family element. And now, but the uh, difference is with his program is you get to do it, which is still great. Uh, I want to see him expand as big as possible, man, as far as possible. With him being able to do that, he's able to prove these things and say, okay, cool, we do that. But then he's got the government to give 500 grants, to some uh, $500 grants to these kids that, you know what I'm saying, beat this, uh, they play this uh, investment game, they win, they get $500 grant of money that they can do to go into a custodial account. So imagine doing this now, but we're taking away the government having to give the money. We're going to use our own money. I'm a dad. I've been paying child support for 22 years. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, uh -huh. it would change, it, it would have changed the game to know that my kid is going to benefit very directly in their adulthood. So they have now be aspirational and i'm teaching them to be aspirational from say age 7 to 18 that's 11 years for them to think aspirational so now when they in school you know why you're going to school you know what you're in there for because you got money that you're going to be getting that you need to know what to do with i'm not teaching you or raising you to be a a, a worker i'm raising you to be your own self-sustainable human being you know what I mean? And then the government could still be creative and find other ways to uh, dis uh, distribute that money. They could do it like the lottery and say, okay, we're well, going to get a check per week. Who knows? Who cares? The point is that that, that right now we have this problem because it's this, it's this, it's, it creates this discrepancy amongst parents and families, and we can bridge that gap. So this is what my goal is, and I'm pushing to make this happen in nine years. And if anybody takes the idea, it'll hurt my soul, but it also helped me. Because if they do it, you're changing the game. Because it's on, it's on camera now. So I said it. You know what I'm saying? It's more important to me that we help change this and make families bigger, better, and close that wealth gap. It's in fruition already, man. So we're going to change it from, uh, let's say, uh, instead of child support, we're going to say human support. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Because it's for life, not just for when you're a kid. Exactly. You know? So change that stigma because even when you your kids grow up you still their parent you know what i mean you still with them no matter what so man that's that's a that's a powerful uh plan my brother man appreciate it does that seem too <laughs> ambitious i need my brother something i'm here <laughs> <laughs> uh no nah, i mean it's a it's a real interesting concept um did you say like the father would manage the account though who who would manage the account no no Dad and the kid will manage the account. The government has the account. Can't nobody touch the money until 18 and 25. Okay. So it's like a trust or something, or like an endowment. So so right. So look at look at it like this, like a 401k. Put that money in there, the investment group takes it, 
play with it, do all the things. You can choose how aggressive you are with the investments and such. The difference is that the dad and child are going to learn about the market, learn about market shares, learn about REITs, learn about uh, being ownerships. I envision this being a thing where these same dads and kids get together and imagine you've been in this class with this person for four years, right? So I'm building a community with dads and parents, I mean, uh, uh, with parents and uh, children. I'm building this community. So we've been at this for four years. You know what I'm saying? I envision a space where they start creating investment clubs amongst themselves. Like, hey, you know what? Why don't us 10 get together? We take a portion of this money and we put it over here. Now we can do something. So that, you know what I'm saying? Like it creates this space. So no one has direct access to the account. The government keeps it. You know what I'm saying? Just like they, the government takes care of everything else with child support, which helps the government because now again, y'all have this account to move around money in and the residuals of such. Y'all, you know what I'm saying? Y'all can cake up off just like a bank. You so you throw your money in the bank. The bank does all kind of things with your money. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? They get, and they break you off little bits of interest for it. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. You know what I mean? To, yeah. For the pleasure of paying child support, they charge me anyway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, cool. And what happens to the money, man? They get the money and then what? What happens with? That's so that that that's what I'm thinking. Like, um. I don't trust the government like that, man. You see what's going on with, with Brett Favre right now, right? Man, listen. Ah, oh, yeah, man. <laughs> but they print money all the time, man. So, like, I don't, man. But see, and that and that's my point, right? So the thing is, cool, but again, and that's the other thing, it's an increased sense of account accountability. Because again, you know what I'm saying? Just like a 401k. You know what I mean? They can work with the same people. Fidelity can help. It can partner with them and make this a real thing. So we don't have to be directly them because the government got their own money to deal with, right? Yeah. They get partnered with Fidelity, you know what I'm saying? Or you can make it a thing where it's local. Now I'm saying now we promoting where it's like in every state, whoever, you know what I'm saying, the, the uh, money management companies and stuff like that can do that. Let's say at a certain age, as we, because part of the education will be able to uh, teach the kids uh, and dads about this. Let's say that the child gets to 13. Okay, now you get to choose who's going to manage this account moving forward. You know what I'm saying? And we do stuff like that. Because again, we're talking about stimulating the economy, making community, and making the family strong, and closing that uh, wealth gap. Right, and they can pick the stocks, right? They can pick yep. anything. You know what I'm saying? So, so now I'm talking to my kid, they get into that age and you know what I'm saying? My kids are getting 11, 12, going to school. Man, dad, I need them new Jordans. Up, oh, what you need to do, let's go get some of this Nike stuff. You hear me? <laughs> you know what I'm let's, let's get that first. You know what right. I'm saying? Only first. Own it. Own you a piece of something. So now when you're going to pay for that, you're going to feel a different type of empowerment. Because mind you, this conversation isn't foreign. It's just foreign to a lot of us. And what I mean, a lot of us, I'm not speaking necessarily solely based off of the skin. I'm speaking very much the socioeconomic status, right? We're talking about the top 1% or so. This conversation makes sense to them because they have it all the time. I have friends. I've had friends who have educated me on the things that they were taught since they were young. Blew my mind. I'm talking about in, in one part of the city, these kids were having an econ uh, they were having an entrepreneurship fair. You know, what we was doing in my school, walking through the metal detectors and being told to just take this pack and go do some work. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, so this conversation isn't foreign and it isn't and isn't it isn't completely lost. You know what I mean? It, it's just really we're just having been able to share that. And again, how do you how do you have compassion and capitalism? That's a question we ask a lot, right? Like, you know what I mean? Uh, do I believe that uh, in complete socialism, do I, do I believe that, uh, you know, my neighbor should get a, a piece of my house? Nope. 
worked hard for this, right? But do I believe that if my neighbor's going through something, I, can, I should open my door? I do. You know what I'm saying? So compassionate capitalism is something that I'm also trying to, I've been trying to work out. So that's where this idea also landed itself, right? Like in the sense that, okay, I can teach you and, and, and do that, but if I'm already, and it's a system that's already in place, the money already is happening. You know what I'm saying? Child support is happening. It, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? People are going through it. Families are being, are, are being torn apart about something that's a necessary evil because it is necessary. And, I, and I, I respect that. You know what I mean? But it don't have to be this. It can be something where we could very directly, one, I can get parenting time in with my kid. But let's imagine that the mean uh, relationship with my co-parents could well, at least this would be something, because again, you can enforce it just like you enforce that if I don't pay child support so many times, I get my license suspended, I go to jail. Cool. If the other co-parent does not bring the kid, you know what I'm saying, to these sessions, then, you know, enforce it the same way. Still helps y'all because y'all get y'all get paid. I mean, in the government, you get paid uh, when you get to suspend my license, you got to pay that judge. I, I got to pay a fine. I got to pay that. It still helps you the same way. But now we just make it where it's more something about setting up this young, amazing, beautiful human being to be a successful, self-sustaining human being. You know what I mean? And then you know, Andre, you you asked if you if if, the, if you're being too ambitious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't. It's a great idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. Um, going back to like the point about the government and like the child support court and. Mm -hmm. I feel like the, the whole system is kind of corrupt and doing what you're suggesting, what you're describing right now will be a total like paradigm shift of what they want. I know. So I don't know, <laughs> you know, they want people to be fighting in child support court and like mm -hmm. raping people with their pockets mm -hmm. and not necessarily building up the community. Mm -hmm. That's the way that I see it. I but. Agree. So I don't know if they embrace this idea, man. That's what the beautiful, that's why I say it's a nine year play. Cause for me, okay. you know what I'm saying? Cause like, I don't see the, cause for me, I feel like it's going to take that long because we're talking about, like you said, the paradigm shift. So with that, we're talking about now, uh, as a lot of times for, especially for uh, black people in our community are those of the, again, socioeconomically challenged. For a lot of us, we have to, constantly be told like it's coming up it's gearing up i'm sure y'all seeing it all over chicago now it's gearing up we at that time where it's time to talk election but now we're giving somebody right. something tangible to hold on to of what we're talking about like hey man let's start paying attention to that and again to get that message spread across is ain't gonna be an easy task either you know what i mean so that's why for me it's it's a nine year it's, it's been a 10-year plan and i've been planting the seeds working with and having this amazing conversation with you brothers is again part of this plan you know what I'm saying? Part of it for me is doing everything I can to be national as a, a, a national name in fatherhood in the next two years. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I understand that, you know, people, I'm not good at politics, but um, I can still represent the passion that I care for and connect with the politicians. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and, and being able to start shifting that conversation. And again, what really helps is the fact that again, it's, I'm talking about a proven formula that's already working. That's government approved. I just want to add it to another component. You know what I mean? So that's part of what that, uh, challenge goes. And again, being thankful for you brothers, like, uh, y'all and other people who are helping creating platforms for us to have these conversations because it got to start with that. So it's going to be a fight. It's going to be difficult. Difficult ain't impossible. My brothers. <laughs> Difficult. I like that. <laughs> it is not. It's just difficult. And I'm fine. I'm fine with difficult.
Mr. Andre, you you uh you national already, my brother. Appreciate it. Thanks to y'all. Because we national. So oh, that's national. That's Thanks to y'all. Just like that. <laughs> hey, thanks to y'all. This is part of that step. Again, man. Everything's yes, about planning and purpose, man. And and to for me, I'm telling y'all, when I found the stuff that y'all was doing on LinkedIn, man, it meant so much because again. Y'all are already changing what it is. A lot of this stuff that happens in this work of human services, they are very antiquated thoughts and ways of going about it, right? It's very, this is how you do it when you do nonprofit. Y'all are breaking the mold. Y'all are kicking down doors by having spaces, having symposiums, having conversation spaces, having a platform to interview different dads and having stuff like that. Y'all are changing the dynamic right now. So y'all help really fuel this dream because, oh man, I'm not tripping. Look what these kings is doing. You get what I'm saying? Like, oh my goodness, then I'd be able to be a part of the hip hop conversation, which I would love for y'all to make a series if you don't mind. Oh my <laughs> God. Y'all curated that so well. You know what I'm saying? And it was so great because again, I am one of the fight, another fight I'm having that I, a passion of mine. Let me chill out. See, I'm a, you know, people got their trauma response, fight, flight or freeze. I don't fly, I don't fly and I don't freeze. So you know what I'm I have to correct myself a lot. Part of my, another passion of mine is the fact that we are, I am one of those people who didn't come from the traditional route of doing these things. I'm not polished. I, I, uh, I'm very honest about my mistakes. I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, open. And um, I don't believe in code switching anymore. I made a conscious decision five years ago to not code switch anymore. It doesn't mean I don't have a command over the English language. It just means that, um, those regional dialects and those uh, cultural colloquialisms, I don't run from, you know, I, uh, and again, I, I mean, and again, I mean, this as humbly, but it's all fact. I literally have had conversations with in, in, in one year, in two years, in two years, I had conversations with every with people who were in a crack house and I had conversations with somebody in the White House. I had conversations with people in a failing school. They one of the worst schools in, in, uh, in the state. And then I had conversations with people in Harvard. I maintain who I am and maintain the same conversations all the way through all of these. And I felt genuine, authentic connection within that room with those people. I've been, it has not stopped me from being able to do my job. I can lead a program. I can be a director of a program, though I don't have this educational requirement because I don't have that debt. I have four kids. You know what I'm saying? I'd much rather go in debt behind my baby going to college than me. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean that I'm not capable. So y'all having that conversation about hip hop and how it affects everything is such a big deal because hip hop is turning 50. So now we have to recognize that we have 50 year olds who are fully indoctrinated in hip hop. I am 41. I am fully indoctrinated in it. You know what I'm saying? Hip hop breeds uh, authenticity. It breeds openness. It breeds confidence. Y'all having that conversation in a beautiful way that y'all curated it even amongst the, the diverse group of people, you know what I'm saying, from different ages in, in, in that space, man, y'all are doing the work that lets me know I ain't tripping. You know what I'm saying? Like, this can't be our reality. We can change this because y'all are changing it right now. Like, y'all are changing this right now. I'm doing everything I can to get my organization to start using some of uh, the things that y'all are doing. Like, bro, we need to use these clips. We need to use these things because they have an authentic conversation. And again, it doesn't have to be the same thing. I would love to have our dads be able to connect with y'all and interview with y'all in these spaces. You know what I'm saying? Because y'all are breaking the mold and y'all not antiquated. Y'all moving forward. 
And if everybody want to keep uh, being behind, they're going to be left behind. And, you know, we fine with that because, you know, weapon of fatherhood, you just stand on top. We ain't tripping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, I, I got to turn my camera on to that one. You probably can't see me because I'm in the car. But, hey, I appreciate you, man. <laughs> hey, turn the light on in there, bro. Turn the light on. I you could, kid. Yeah, <laughs> People are be like, what, what's this dude doing over here, man? I'm, I'm in the parking lot. Oh, man, listen, y'all, y'all, Andre, man, I, I appreciate you, bro. Um, it means a lot, man. You know, we um, every every week we uh, you know, put these together and hope that you know people get something from it. But so, you know, I appreciate you saying that, man. Listen, I have I have a grand goal, and I'll say this because I don't want to keep uh, uh, talking y'all to death because uh, I wrote stuff down from when we was talking uh, last time. I have a huge goal of bringing uh, the father's feed. Mm -hmm. I have a huge goal. Again, it may be difficult. Difficult ain't impossible. So I ain't scared to dream. You know what I'm saying? I have a goal of bringing dads from where I work up there. You know I'm saying like, let that be part of this celebration for one of our cohorts. Hey, man, we're going to go up to Chicago. We're going to go up there, you know what I'm saying? We're going to spend some time up there. We're going to join the Father's Feed and let them feel that. Like, man, the fact that y'all are even doing that is, is, is amazing to me. And it's so, it, it makes so much sense because what you're doing now, you're changing the, the, the narrative around fathers to the entire community, just letting them show them very simply, hey, man, we're here for y'all here. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Let's make sure that y'all okay. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's such a very simple concept that was that apparently ain't simple enough because ain't nobody else doing it. <laughs> Talk about nationally, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like I ain't, I ain't seen this. So I have that goal of being able to do that because look what that can do. You know what I'm saying? Just imagine that. Because mind you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in Cincinnati. I work over in Kentucky because you know we right across the creek. But I'm talking yeah. about dads from Kentucky to Chicago that help feed the community. You know what I'm saying? And represent this is what fatherhood looks like. This is how deep that is. These are some of my ambitions. So with y'all, again, uh, again, I'm, I promise you, I'm authentic. I don't lie. What y'all are doing is so important. Y'all are breaking the mold, man. It's so it's so antiquated in this in human services space, in this nonprofit space. Y'all said, forget that. We are just going to do the work. We're just going to connect. We're just going to have conversations. We're just going to open minds. We're just going to be there. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what it is to be a dad, right? You know what I mean? We're just gonna be there, and and let the and let the feeding happen, and let the let the souls happen. You know what I'm saying? The gathering right there, man. That's that's so huge. You know what I'm saying? I want to see grants. I want to see all kind of things coming to work in the fatherhood because y'all have to spread this, man. Y'all too y'all too good at this tonight. Do it no other way. Thank you. Absolutely. And trust, this won't be the last time y'all got y'all got to deal with me. <laughs> Not the last, brother, man. We gotta, have, we gotta have another conversation, man. Because uh, Doctor Young, I know we do. Uh, we was doing Hall of Fame, but we switched it to Hall of Fathers because that's what we talk. We talk to dads, talk to moms too, but we got Hall of Fathers. So I will nominate this as uh, one of the Hall of Fathers uh, episodes. Doctor Young, do you uh, concur? Oh yeah, I second that. Yeah. <laughs> so what's what's your jersey number, man? So if you was playing the game, what what, what number would you wear? Seven Eleven. That's a good one. Yeah. Me and my son, Seven Eleven. Birthday. <laughs> <laughs> one of a kind, right there. 
<laughs> you dig me? My daughter is seven twelve, bro. She, she right there. She right with us then. What you right mean? Here. And I got a homie that's seven eleven too. So you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, and I'm gonna break down for y'all uh, what I've broken down to my son and other people who are birthdays around us. It's 365 <laughs> days to to for the Earth to revolve around the sun, right? Seven Eleven is almost close to the exact middle. Technically, the Earth kind of revolves around us just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> a, little a little bit, a little bit though. <laughs> <laughs> Same with your daughter. Let her know that, like Queen girl. <laughs> or revolve around you a little bit. My daughter is 713. My, my 17 year old is 713. It's the same with her. Listen. Wow. Come on, with it. <laughs> so we got 11, 12, and 13. Come on. So we know all types of uh, July babies. <laughs> I keep telling y'all, man, that I don't believe in coincidences, man. I don't think that's a coincidence. That's that's come on. It's meant. Yeah, it's it's no, meant. no such thing as coincidence. It's meant, man. It's meant. It's cosmic, man. That's what it's about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so uh, speaking of cosmic, man, the last question I have is probably one of the best questions we ask. Okay. Uh, we have to give advice to um, any dad that's listening right now. Mm -hmm. uh, Andre, what would that advice be? To any dad that's listening right now, best advice I can give you, it may be difficult. Difficult is not impossible. You can do whatever as a father. There, there is power that lies in what you do. There's, there's an energy that's shifting. You know what I'm saying? Between you and earth, but you and your kids walking and living and breathing. So whatever comes, whatever storms, whatever conflicts, know that you can do it. And with your family, anything is possible. May be difficult, but it is not impossible. And that's wow. all, right. <laughs> all right, so I know we're getting close to time. Uh, hey, can you let everybody know how to uh, get in contact with you if they want to get in contact? Yes. Right now, I would tell you the best way to probably contact me is Andre Rogers at LinkedIn. Because uh, I'm not really good at social media. <laughs> like, So uh, I've been becoming more active on LinkedIn. So you can find me at Andre Rogers on LinkedIn. Uh, I am more than willing to talk, meet, deal, build with any and everybody, man. And please, if y'all can, check out what the young brother Dylan is doing with the Youth Investors Board. He is helping change the way that we are, our communities think about wealth attainment and not and being aspirational with our goals and not just feeling like I got to survive and thrive. And you said it's called Youth Investors Forum? No, Youth Investors Core. Oh, Youth Investors Core. Yes, okay. it has, it has one of the most wonderful uh, uh, logos of a, of a yellow money bag with hands on it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's beautiful, man. But he is doing some amazing work. He's uh he's had conversations with uh the con the controller and senator there in California, and uh, I'm doing everything I can to help spread that good word because again, it's so pivotal in what we're trying to do to one day change the way we do child support system here in America. Cool. I'm gonna check that out, man. 
that's not just change, brother. That's systematic, man. That's that's powerful right there, brother. And I believe, man, we can do it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So Again, welcome to fatherhood. <laughs> Everybody else who is not moving in this same way, please understand we have to break the mold. We cannot do things the same way it's been done. So if you don't, just know welcome to fatherhood is already doing it. So you can get with it or get left behind. We ain't tripping. <laughs> man, powerful words, man. So yeah, man, again, Andre, man, I really appreciate it, man. This has been uh, one of my all-time favorites. Man. I've been saying this uh, you know, for a few of these last interviews we've been doing, man. It's been uh, some, some real great ones. But this is uh, definitely one of my favorites, man, for sure. So, I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, when I say Hall of Fathers, man, this is what I mean. So all the dads is in the Hall of Fathers. That means we can have another conversation again, maybe doing it live, maybe doing it via another interview. So I mean, like connecting again and, uh, and building. Because I think it's important for us to connect on a deeper level as men. Uh, Absolutely. In regards to fatherhood. Even with moms, too. We need to talk to moms more, too, in regards to, to fatherhood. To have more understanding about what it is to, to be supportive to them as well. So, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> bro, I appreciate it so much. Yeah, so so definitely, man, I uh, appreciate this uh, this time with you, brother. So, Doctor Young, did you have anything else before uh, we, we close? No, I just want to say thank you again. Um, I appreciate you joining us and you know being so candid, man. This was a great interview. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Anytime again, I look forward to connecting with y'all more soon. Like I said, I got grand ambitions and y'all are helping shape the way I want to see things change. So I really much appreciate it. Don't stop. I don't care how difficult it get. Don't stop. <laughs> y'all are cooking, man. Y'all are changing it. We need this. We thank you. Oh, thank All right, you. So, so Andre, uh, don't hang up. We're going to have a little post game. We always do a little cool down. Uh, but, uh, for myself, Sir Royce Brialis, for my uh, prestigious co-host, Dr. Raheem Young, and also for our special guest, Mr. Andre Rogers, Sr. Yes, Put some sir. respect on that man name. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for listening to Welcome to Fatherhood Interviews, and uh, stay tuned for further announcements. Peace, love, and light.